Hey, Woodland Hills. I brought props. <laughs> like Shauna said, my name is Brianna, and it's a genuine joy to be worshiping with you today, to be learning about what it means to be a kingdom person and how to live that out. I love worshiping with you guys, so thank you so much for welcoming back. Um, I am a family member here at Woodland Hills. I've been hanging around for a long time, and I'm an associate pastor as well of our Connecting Ministries, and I you know, like to teach Cultivate classes. I like to do a little bit of everything. Uh, anyway, so today, you guys, we are going to have some fun. Today, we're going to kick it like kiddos, and we're going to do some coloring. We're going to be engaging our imagination and creativity, and we're going to see the ways in which that connects so intimately with being a kingdom person. I have titled this message, Dreamers and Doers, because I believe, my friends, that this is what Jesus defines us as. Jesus looks at us and says, you are dreamers of the kingdom. But you're not just that, you are doers of the kingdom, amen? So today we're going to go on a little journey of being dreamers and doers. Now I was born with a dreamer's heart, a visionary's mind. I can remember as a kid spending countless hours of wonder-filled imaginative daydreams. And I would love to find special spots that I could go to unlock my imagination and just let the daydreams run wild. One of my favorite places to do this, of course, was on the limbs of trees. I was a master tree climber, and I loved seeing how high I could climb and sitting up on a perch and just dreaming about the world around me. I had an insatiable curiosity. I still do. But I remember sitting in these treetops and just daydreaming and pondering the curiosities of this world. What makes the leaves change colors every fall? Why do the clouds never stay the same shape? How is it that the sun comes up every single morning? How tall are the trees in heaven? Does Jesus climb trees? I bet he does. When I got to the sixth grade, my dreamer spirit was well developed. <laughs> and I knew that school was about to start and my days of hanging on the treetops were coming to an end. But my days of dreaming were not. So I can remember on the very first day of school, the very first day of middle school, mind you. I remember walking into my sixth grade classroom, not paying attention to who's who and who's sitting where, but what I wanted to know is where can I sit to let my dreams run wild? So I walked into this classroom and I took a very careful, deliberate scan of the room. Where can I sit to daydream? and learn, of course. <laughs> and there, behold, right next to an open window was an empty desk with my name on it. And I said, there shall be my indoor treetop perch upon which I will sit and daydream. So I found my desk, which quickly became my little home, my indoor classroom where I would dream of the world outside. I would watch the oak trees with their clapping hands and the birds building nests and continue pondering the world around me. Oh, I had a dreamer's heart to be sure. Well, all, as fall carried on and uh, you know, classes continued, I learned very quickly, unfortunately, about who's who, right? <laughs> who are the popular girls? Who are the not popular girls? Who are the cool ones? Who are the not cool ones? The typical things that you learn come middle school. I quickly learned I was not cool, <laughs> but I was okay with that. I also quickly learned that there was a little group of tables by the front door that belonged to the cool girl squad. 
the girls with the perfect ponytails and the soft wispy bangs made of things of angels. And I sat by the window with my home permed hair and my aquanut bangs that were a mile high. <laughs> oh, you got childs of the 80s and 90s in this house. <laughs> Anyways, on this day, or on one particular day in the fall, um, one of the cool girls moved away. So there was a vacant desk amid the cool girl squad. And every girl in that classroom wanted that desk. And on one day, um, the, the cool girls decided, we need to fill this desk. So they cast a lot. You know, we know the story. So they cast a lot. And here I am by my little window, admiring the oak trees outside, dreaming of the world around me, enjoying the curiosities. And before I knew it, the coolest girl in school starts walking across the classroom and every other girl is staring at her, wondering, is she going to pick me? Am I going to be the one to fill that desk? And I, with my aquanut hair, was staring out the window. And before I knew what was happening, here she is standing before me. Brianna, do you want to come sit up front by the door with us? I looked at her. I looked at her perfect ponytail. And then I looked out the window to my Never Never Land. And I looked back at her and I said, um, no thanks. Maybe in the winter when there's not as much to look at outside. <laughs> Even the perfect ponytail popular girl squad could not tame my dreamer's spirit. But my friend, I'm not just a dreamer, I am also a doer. One of my favorite activities, one of my favorite things to do as a kid, and yes, even still as an adult, was to test my wild daydreams. How far can these dreams take me? I wanted to know. I grew up in a family that loves Jesus, so I was very familiar with the typical Bible stories. And in my kid imagination, my little kid mind, I remember thinking like, we serve a God that is so huge that can split a sea and people can walk through it. We serve a God that is so huge, he can start on fire inside of a bush and the bush doesn't even burn up. We serve a God that is so huge that raises people from the dead. We serve a God that is so huge that he heals the lepers, he makes the blind person see, he gives the deaf people ability to hear. Like this is the kind of God that we serve. And as a kid, that only unlocked my dreamer spirit all the more. And I wanted to see, because I'm an insatiable curious, how far God can go in my own life. And I came up with this brilliant beyond brilliant idea one day in the summer between fifth grade and the sixth grade. I thought to myself, if God can split the Red Sea, surely God can make me fly. And I believed it so full-heartedly. And I was so excited to test out my Never Never Land size faith because I believed in my heart without a shadow of a doubt that God could make me fly. And I was so excited. So I needed a little bit of magic to test out my method. And so I walked over to our garage. And in our garage, we had this um, like garbage can that was filled with scrap pieces of wood um, from my dad's workshop. And I thought to myself, you know, I need a little symbol, something to represent the power of God to help me fly. And so I went in and I dug in the scrap piece, um, garbage can of scrap pieces of wood, and I found two perfect pieces of wood with my name on it. And I took them out and I nailed them together in the form of a cross. <laughs> because if you're gonna fly, you need a symbol that represents Jesus. And what symbol represents Jesus? More than a little wooden cross put together by the hands of a fifth grader. And I thought, but wait a minute, this little thing isn't enough magic. I need something more. 
something to let my dreams soar. And so I looked around the garage and behold, right next to the garbage can was a garbage bag, a garbage bag filled with last year's Halloween costumes. <laughs> so I opened the bag and again, behold, right on top as though it was meant to be, were a pair of angel wings. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys have seen these before. <laughs> so I strapped on these angel wings, I took my cross, and with my childlike faith and an curious curiosity that could move mountains, I started praying. And I started praying, and I started running around our driveway. For hours, I would run around this driveway with my little wooden cross and my angel's wings on, and I would pray, Jesus, I know you can make me fly. <laughs> and I believed it. And I would run more. And with every run, I would pray, and then I would do a little jump. Jesus, I know you can make me fly. No joke, you guys, hours this went on. And my faith never deterred. For hours I would run around, Jesus, I believe you can make me fly. To no one's surprise but my own, I didn't fly. People always ask me when I tell that story, Brianna, what did that do to your childlike faith? And I thought, what do you mean, what did it do? <laughs> I thought, well, if that didn't work, surely something else will. Maybe Jesus couldn't hear me enough. Maybe I need to get a little bit higher to heaven. Oh, yeah. I wanted to test Jesus. I wanted to actualize my daydreams. I wanted to be a dreamer and a doer. So I did not flounder for one minute. Instead, I went and I grabbed my umbrella. And I looked to our shed the roof of our shed, of which was not very high. I jumped off it many times before, but I thought, I need to be a little bit closer to heaven if I'm really gonna fly. So I grab my umbrella, I climb to the top of the roof, and I pray. When I'm up there, I get to the edge of the roof. Again, it's not that high. It was, I don't know, eight feet. And I'm at the edge of this roof, and I pray, Jesus, I know you can make me fly. And I jump. <laughs> It turns out my faith in crazy adventurous spirit is no match for gravity. <laughs> I didn't fly, obviously, but that's okay because it just encouraged my dreamer's spirit and my doer's heart, and I wanted to see what else I could do. I am a dreamer for sure and a doer for sure. And my friends, I believe this is who we are as kingdom people. I believe that God invites us to be dreamers and doers. And I think kids have the best and probably the most acute capacity for this kind of imagination, right? I mean, kids ultimately are the ones who don't just see what is, but what can be. You hear me? Kids are the ones who look at an ordinary cardboard box and say, no, no, you shall be a race car. Kids are the ones who look at a pile of blankets and say, you're not a pile of blankets, you shall be a fort. And not just any fort, but the most epic blanket fort ever known to man. Kids are the ones, right, who don't see trees for their oxygen, but for the limbs upon which they can climb. Kids are the ones who don't see the colors of people's skins, but brand new friends that they can make. Kids are the ones who can see beyond that which is to, which, to what can become. There's something really beautiful about kids. I love hanging out with them. I have dozens and dozens of nieces and nephews and they keep me young. They take me on adventures, adventures I'd never dreamed of. And I think Jesus has a lot of affection for children. I really do. I think children are some of Jesus' BFFs. And he has a lot to say about them as well. In Mark chapter 10, we see Jesus' heart for kids. We hear a story. And the story goes like this. 
People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. What a bunch of killjoys. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, "Uh uh-uh, you let the children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Do you hear that? Children who are here in this audience today, adults who have forgotten the beauty of childlike faith, it is to children such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Amen. Now, boring adults, like myself, because I am a professor of theology, (laughs) sometimes we take texts like these and we deliberate about their actual meaning. We examine the text and we say, what does this mean? Well, I think in the original Greek, it means that children have a deep dependence on God so too we ought to have a deep dependence on God. Yes, 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 I want to encourage that. We do need a deep dependence upon God, right? Because without God, we can do nothing. However, I think Jesus is a little more playful than that. I think Jesus is a little more adventurous than that. I think what Jesus was saying when he says, do not stop the children, let them come, because Jesus recognized that these kids are the ones who are more quick to say yes to adventure than us adults have a tendency to be. Kids are the ones who can imagine. Kids are the ones with creativity. Kids are the ones who can so quickly say, the kingdom is coming and I want to bring it, whether it's through a cardboard box that's a race car or a fort built out of blankets. I want to say yes to the adventure of following Jesus. And so Jesus says, let them come. Do not stop them, for they are special inheritors of the kingdom of God. Kids have this unapologetic capacity to see beyond that which is to what can become, which, mind you, is the very nature of faith. We're going to see in a little bit that faith, so simply, is the substance of things not seen. It's not a cardboard box. It's a race car. That is faith. And faith can move mountains. And faith is the very thing that brings the kingdom a little bit more fully here on earth, just as in heaven. Let the children come. The key, I think, in all of this is imagination. This unapologetic way of imagining what could be. We're told um, at much, much too young of an age to put away childish things. We are told how to think, what to think, how to make something look linear and perfect. We're told really too young to set up a lifestyle that is linear, that is predictable, that will give you the most appropriate 401k plan and retirement plan and make sure to buy this certain house at this certain time and make sure to pop out babies at a certain time because who knows how long that's going to last. Every single thing we're told is linear and this is how the template ought to go. But where's the creativity in that? We are told to construct lives that are safe, but safe is not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus calls us to adventure. Jesus calls us to a life that is the kingdom, that is beauty and truth and goodness and joy and wild adventures beyond anything we can ask or imagine. Kids say yes to this all the time, but we have grown afraid. And today I want to say again, let us be dreamers and doers of the kingdom. When did we, I want to ask the question, become so old? 
When did we become the gatekeeping curmudgeons instead of the ferocious children that say yes to following Jesus? Jesus is looking for people to be dreamers and doers who will say, I've got this project called the kingdom and I want you to help bring it. Will you join me? The more we engage our imagination, I believe, the more we will say yes to this kingdom adventure. And the less we engage our imagination, the more we follow the patterns of this world. If we are not exercising our creativity, our imagination, and ultimately building the muscles of our faith, what ends up happening is we look just like the world thinks. Where there is war, we will say, of course, we fight back. Where awful words are exchanged, we spout back right away with more awful words. We do the same things as the pattern of this world because we forgot how to use our imagination. I have some friends um, who model imagination really, really well. And they don't just model imagination, but they live out their imagination. They participate really beautifully in the kingdom adventures that God calls us on to by exercising their faith. These friends of mine, um, their names are Mary, Bert, Michael, and Jane. Um, they love to do sidewalk chalk drawings. And, and in this particular day, they draw out this incredible artist portrayal of adventures on the sidewalk. And they imagined it first in their mind's eye, right? Where do I want to go, they thought. What do I want to see? In their mind's eye, they thought about it, they saw it, and they didn't stop there, but they started to draw it out on the sidewalk, these gorgeous scenes of adventures they wanted to partake. And they didn't just stop there. They said yes, and they jumped in to the sidewalk chalk drawings. They were up for the adventure. And I want to introduce these friends of, your, of mine to you with a little video clip, and it looks a little something like this. <laughs> more and more. I know I'm not the only one. I love Mary Poppins. I secretly want to be her. I love this scene. My friends, Mary, Bert, Michael, and the other girl, Jane, <laughs> the other girl that I'm such dear friends with, <laughs> they, they began to put their ideas into action. These friends of mine exercised their faith, which again is simply the substance of things not seen. They said, I want to go somewhere. And they imagined it. They didn't see that which was, but they imagined what could be. And they started drawing it out on the sidewalk. And as much as their creativity grew in their minds, as much as they engaged their imagination, their drawings became all the more vibrant. And all the more vibrant their drawings became, the more it stirred something within them to participate. Because that's the way faith works. The more we imagine it, the more we want to live it out. And so they jumped in to the sidewalk chalk. They were up for the adventure. I want to be up for the adventure. Time and time and time again, I want to be up for the adventure. And I think that you do too. I think as kingdom people, we long to see the kingdom come more fully on earth just as in heaven. I think we as kingdom people believe that the chains are breaking and that they are falling. And we want to participate in helping break those chains a little bit more in our own lives, in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our world. Faith, my friends is the substance of things hoped for, the things we don't see. Are we exercising it? We all have faith. I know some of us say, I wish I were a person of more faith, or I don't really have an imagination. And to you, I say, uh-uh-uh. 
We all do because this is the gift of the kingdom. And so much so, I'm going to prove it to you. Greg has done this little exercise with us before to help us all understand that we have imagination, that we have faith. And the exercise goes a little bit something like this. I want you to imagine a purple hippopotamus. You can see it in your mind's eye, can't you? Now, imagine that purple hippopotamus has pink wings. You can see that too, can't you? <laughs> it is ridiculous, but you can still see it. That, my friends, is as easy as faith comes. That, my friends, is imagination. And today we're going to explore it a little bit more. Faith sees beyond that which is, and we all have the capacity to exercise it. The more we exercise it, the more the kingdom comes. And I know that that is something we all long for. Um, another friend of mine by the name of Jürgen Moltmann, uh, he's actually not a friend. <laughs> he's a German theologian. Um, but we're friends. He just doesn't know it yet. He has a lot to say about faith and the substance of it and actualizing it here on earth. And my buddy says something like this. From first to last, and not merely in the epilogue, Christianity is eschatology. Eschatology is just a fancy theological term that literally means the study of the last things, otherwise known as the restoration of all things, the things that we know are coming, right? The very hope that we have as followers of Jesus, that the world is not as it is, but it is going to become something more beautiful. That is eschatology. So Christianity is eschatology, is hope, is forward-thinking and are forward-looking and forward-moving, and therefore also revolutionizing and transforming the present. It's not just some pie in the sky, this adventure of being a follower of Jesus, where imagine we only daydream, uh-uh. It is also revolutionizing and transforming the present because the kingdom of God is coming, and I want to be a part of it. Do you? I know that you do revolutionizing and transforming the present. In order to do this, we engage our imagination. We exercise our faith. We take our piece of sidewalk chalk and we start drawing and imagining our own jolly holiday sidewalk. What does it look like for you? Because God always, 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 I'll say it again, God always takes that which is and brings us into what we can become. God doesn't see us as we are, but sees who we are in Christ and what we can become. God revolutionizes and transforms the present. Why? Because God is with us. God is Emmanuel. My friend Jürgen Moltmann has something to say about this as well, this idea that things are always moving forward. He makes note um, that in the Genesis narrative that the seventh day of creation, it has no evening. Have you guys ever thought about that? The seventh day of creation has no evening. That means it's still going on. That means Jesus, God was the one to start this creation project with merely a word. And that project is moving forward. And God says, I want some people, I want some friends, I want some partners of adventures who are willing to carry this creation project forward. And Jesus is saying, who's going to do it? Who is up for the adventure? Who will join me? I'm carrying this creation project forward. I want to say, I am, I'm up for it with my little wooden cross and my angel wings. I'm up for it. Are you up for it? I know that you are. We get the, the opportunity to participate in the kingdom. What does that look like? 
Now, if you struggle to engage your imagination, which is okay, right? We're old, our brains are a little dusty and full of cobwebs, but don't worry, we're gonna practice it today. I have a, a myriad of different biblical texts that talk about pictures of the kingdom. I call them great exchanges. And in a few minutes, we're gonna go over those great exchanges and start imagining the kingdom and what it could look like for our own little pieces of sidewalk. And if you haven't figured it out, that's what your little black pieces of construction paper are. That is your own personal kingdom sidewalk piece with your uh, sidewalk chalk that we're gonna start using in just a minute. But before then, um, I want to invite up a new friend of mine, and this time it's a real friend. <laughs> and her name is Chloe. Chloe, will you come on up here? Everyone, welcome my friend, Chloe. Hey, girl. Um, this is Chloe, and so for this last week, Chloe um, has been on this idea with me, this idea of imagining the kingdom and drawing it out, and for this whole last week, she has been working on her own piece of the kingdom sidewalk, drawing what the kingdom looks like to her. So as we go forward and as I start continue preaching, because I'm about to preach on y'all, I am going to be talking about different biblical texts that explain the kingdom, and while I'm doing that, Chloe is going to be scribbling with her sidewalk chalk her picture of the kingdom. Have at it, babe. Are you guys ready for a few kingdom pictures, some great exchanges to help us cultivate our own imagination? Are you ready? ready. <laughs> All right, the first kingdom sidewalk piece that I want to share with you comes from Micah 4.3. What is the kingdom, we ask? Well, this is one piece of it. Micah 4.3 reads as this. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. My friends, this is the great exchange. This is the way of the kingdom. Where there are weapons of war, God says, that is not my kingdom. I will give you tools of peace instead. The plowshare and the pruning hook are traditional symbols of peace. And Jesus is saying, I know that this is the way of the world. I know the way of the world has a pattern of war and violence and death. But in my kingdom, I will give you symbols of peace. And if you want to say yes to the adventure, I will make you makers of peace as well. Are you up for the adventure? What does that look like in your own world? What does a symbol of peace look like for your piece of the sidewalk? If that's not enough to stir your imagination, I have another picture of the kingdom that comes from Isaiah. Isaiah 1.18 reads like this. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Can I get an amen on that one? You guys, I know some of you here today might be thinking, but my sin is too great. There's no way the blood of Jesus could cover what I've done. And to you, I say, dear beloved one, it is not true because the blood of the cross is enough to cover any sin. Do you hear me? That your chains are broken. They are free in Christ. This is the way of the kingdom where your sin of scarlet, guess what? It's been washed white as snow. And you now, you now have the opportunity. You can either receive it or you can reject it. And I pray, dear friends, that you receive this great exchange that is the kingdom. Sin, what sin, Jesus says. That thing that you did, I'm not even remembering it. Why are you? For I have removed it as far as the east is from the west. Now rise up, beloved one, because I want to go on an adventure, and I'm choosing you. Let us be dreamers and doers of the kingdom. Can you imagine it? 
Are you imagining Jesus saying that to you? Your sins are washed clean. No longer are you stained with crimson, but you are white as snow, oh beloved one. If that's not enough, I've got one more for you. Isaiah 61, one through three, the ultimate great exchange. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, amen, and release our, excuse me, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Once again, can I get an amen on that? Yes, this is the way of the kingdom. Are you mourning? I have known mourning, and guess what? God is weeping with you, and God is comforting you. Are you brokenhearted? Guess what? God is going to bind that up because God is with you and for you, Emmanuel. Are you weeping? There is a garland of joy for you. There is oil that God is saturating upon you right now with his joy. Can you see it in your mind's eye? And will you receive it? Will we be dreamers and doers of the kingdom and say yes to these great exchanges, yes to these pieces of the kingdom sidewalk that says you are my beloved one. I choose you time and time and time again. I say yes to you. Oh, the adventures we can go on when we receive these great exchanges. These are pictures of the kingdom sidewalk, my friends. What does yours look like? What is your piece of the kingdom sidewalk? I know for me, um, one small example in my own life, my kingdom sidewalk simply looks like an open heart. Because for far too long, I've had a really closed heart, a self-protected heart, and it really kept me from adventure. And when you close your heart, your heart becomes hard. But God is a God of great exchanges. And by God's sweet grace and mercy, God has taken out my heart of stone and given me instead a heart of flesh that is alive and active and beating and saying, let's go on adventure. Amen. Amen. What does your piece of the sidewalk look like? Cool. Maybe your piece makes noises. <laughs> um, at this time, you guys, let's go back to my friend Chloe. Chloe, I'm wondering if you would um, share with us a little bit about your piece of the sidewalk. I think it's on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I drew the earth with everybody in it and the castle. And to me, when I think of kingdoms, I think of castles. But most castles have windows and places to shoot arrows at people that want to come in and destroy their kingdom. But I think that the kingdom of God would have a lot more doors so that they would let people in because God wants everybody to be in his kingdom. Amen. And he loves everybody and wants everybody to be in his kingdom. This woman can preach. There aren't windows to shoot arrows to kill people. Instead, there are pruning hooks, and there is a plowshare in the form of doors to let everybody in. Chloe, thank you so much. This is awesome. One more round of applause for Chloe. <laughs> Love her. What does your kingdom sidewalk look like? 
Can we engage our imagination together as a family? I have um, carved out some time in this sermon for you guys, for us together, to engage our imagination. This is where your little piece of sidewalk comes in and your piece of the sidewalk chalk. And I have a video that we are gonna play in the background to help us cultivate our own imagination. I want us to think together, what does the kingdom look like in your life? What do you need, what do you long for? What are you daring to believe Jesus is big enough to do in your life? Is it freedom from anxiety? Is it health and freedom and healing in your marriage? Is it met desires that are not yet met? What is it? Because God is here and God is wanting to say yes to your dreams and invite you on the adventure of actualizing them. So again, there's, uh, get your paper, get your sidewalk, and I want you guys to start coloring your own picture of the kingdom. And if you can't color or draw, that's okay. Write it out. That works too. You can do that now, or if you'd rather just watch the video and be inspired from that, do that. This is just a little bit of time of play. And so once the video is done playing, I'll come back up and close our time together. Enjoy. What does it look like for you? What does your piece of the kingdom sidewalk look like for you? I encourage you to take these pieces of paper home with you. And if you haven't drawn on them yet, that's okay. Draw on them when you get home and stick them somewhere where you can see it to keep your creativity going, to keep your imagination going, and to cultivate your faith a little bit more. You can keep the chalk. <laughs> How do we go forward from here? What do we do from here? I have a few take-home points for you. The first one is this. I've said it already. Engage your imagination the fountain of youth, I've found it. <laughs> Engage your imagination, grow your faith, see what happens, and let that faith move you forward. So engage your imagination. The second point is this, share your imagined reality with a friend. It's way more fun to do things with people anyways. So what does your kingdom sidewalk look like for you? Share it with a friend or a family member. If you don't have any one of those, guess what, you belong to a huge family here. Share it with one of us. Third and finally, jump in. Because my friends, Mary, Bert, Michael, and Jane, they didn't just jump or draw their sidewalk chalk. They jumped in and they participated. So to you, my friends, I say jump in. At this time, uh, will you all stand with me and let's close in some prayer. I invite the prayer ministers forward as well. And you guys, if you have any prayer needs whatsoever, or if you want to share your drawing with someone, Share with our prayer ministers. We would love to support you. But for now, God, thank you that you are the ultimate adventure partner, that your kingdom is coming here on earth in our own lives and in the world around us. Thank you that the seventh day of creation has no evening and that we get to participate in moving it forward. Would you, God, in your beauty and your truth and your goodness, revolutionize and transform our present for your kingdom, for your glory, and for our shared joy. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you.